When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody, Steve Politi from NJ Advanced Media here at High Point Solutions Stadium for another victorious edition of the Rebuilding Rutgers podcast. Two in a row, two Big Ten victories. I'm joined as always by, I don't even know what to call you guys anymore. First, no, I know what to call well, you. We, First, I got to, I'm joined by Ryan Dunleavy and <laughs> Nostradamus, Keith Sargent. <laughs> That's the best way I can call you because... Two in a row. Two, uh, and, that, and those, it's impressive. Uh, if you don't know, Sarge is for the second straight week been the only, only one of us to pick... Uh, Rutgers to beat first Illinois and then Purdue. He is now essentially, I think, in the not just in the driver's seat. He's got like a four-lap lead to win our <laughs> Let's little just predictions poll. Call it what it is. I mean, I made history. I mean, no Rutgers beat writer in, in <laughs> history has ever picked That's Rutgers amazing. to win two straight Big Ten games. That's and you did you did it. Uh, wh- what did you see that we didn't see, Sarge? I Tell I, us. Yeah, I think I said it last week. I just think that was sometimes that practice. <laughs> no comment. I think sometimes, you know, just as losing becomes contagious. I, I, I like the, te- the the mood of the team. I, I, I thought that, you know, sometimes they, they found a winning formula. I, th- I thought, you know, not that, you know, Gio Rochino lit the world on fire in the passing game, but I think, you know, there are different offense with, with Gio at quarterback. I think that they're playing with more confidence. And I didn't really buy into Purdue. I just didn't buy into that, that Purdue was just, you know, up and coming, you know, that they had turned a corner yet. Clearly, they did not have uh, the level of talent that we, we probably would have expected. I thought they were better than Rutgers. And, and I, I have to say this, you know, I, I've got and I, a lot of fans who are complaining about, you know, the ugly win and, and what it looked like. I mean, uh, to me, if you at this point in this program, there's only it's, there's no ugly winning. There's only winning. And, and for them to for them to hold off and win that game, uh, you know, I, I think it just, just speaks a lot to the confidence. And I, you got you got to give them cre- players credit. You got to give the coaches credit. You know, it wasn't a great offensive day, but you know, you saw them. They're at least trying to do some things with different personnel to, to get. They had one big run. They, the 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 wheel route to the Blackshear got another touchdown, and then the defense was great. If Rutgers fans want to celebrate pretty wins it's gonna be a long time yeah that's not how chris that's not your head coach so just embrace what you have your head coach wants to play football like it's the you know old school big 10 smash mouth line of scrimmage football that's who he wants to be that to my surprise has worked the last couple days i didn't think Rutgers had that kind of uh personnel Mm -hmm. and it's worked so but that's just Rutgers fans being Rutgers fans, right? I mean, we'll get to this later, but right. the Maryland game got moved to Yankee Stadium, and I got three emails about why that's a bad thing. So <laughs> they did nothing but complain about the Yankee Stadium game. Now complain that they're not winning well, sexy enough. They're winning. Enjoy it. All right, let's, let's all, uh, take one thing that impressed us from the game before we move on. And I got to tell you, for me, 
it's it's very clearly the special teams, and I think this is just easily where the biggest improvement is. When you know, first of all, you got a punter in Ryan Anderson who can who can punt. Let's <laughs> start with that. <laughs> who can who can pin them back a couple times? I was you know, it's just impressed again on the kickoff coverage, getting down the field. And when you're in a game like you don't win this game, this field position game, with even one botched punt or kickoff. They, they they punted it 13 times and they they never they never gave up bad field position. That that to me is very impressive. To me, it's the defense. I mean, I don't think it was a dominant uh, effort. I mean, I wrote maybe dominant in the headline, but then looking back on it, uh, that might have been a stretch, especially the, the the amount of yards that they gave. But what it really was was a clutch performance because right. if you look at you know they they were successful stopping them on on 12 of, fi- of 15 third downs, three of four fourth downs. And obviously the two-point conversion, and that's a credit to Jay Neiman, and that's a credit to dialing stuff up mm-hmm. on those third-down plays, on those fourth-down plays. You know, it's a credit to you know on on that two-point conversion, which I wrote about. Deontay Roberts played a gr- had a great play. Yeah. He waited home home perfectly. Actually, not only did he cover, I think the first option for Purdue on on the play, number ten, the wide receiver, but then he you know got in, uh, wreaked havoc on the quarterback, made made the quarterback uh, you know throw incomplete. Awesome play by Deontay Roberts, but really it was just a clutch defensive performance. To me, it's Raheem Blackshear. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just funny watching Jerry Kill up there on Mondays, literally salivating over. <laughs> like he, Jerry Kill talks about Raheem Blackshear like I talk about chicken parmesan. Like <laughs> he literally is salivating over this kid's potential. Uh, I mean, we all had the greatest co- quote ever last week about you know as long as he doesn't act like a turd, right? <laughs> right. Well. Uh, yeah, it's Raheem Blackshear. I mean, this we've talked a million times on this podcast in our articles about the dearth of playmakers Rutgers has. Well, they have one. This is the be- their best playmaker since Leontay Carew, and he's five games into his career or whatever. So uh, to me, it's to keep him healthy, to get him the ball as much as possible without him getting injured because obviously he's not a super big guy. Mm-hmm. But he has a chip on his shoulder about that, which I like too. He he doesn't like that pe- teams underestimate him because of his size. He can catch, he can run, he's explosive, open field cuts. I, I really like Raheem right, Blackshear's right. potential. And a very quiet kid because I, you know, I try to give you know the, the, the listeners some insight on, on, on Raheem. Uh, I, I haven't been able to, to – I'm not the greatest interviewer in the world. I think I'm okay, but I haven't been able to squeeze anything yeah, out of him. I mean – one, one very thing, quiet kid, very humble. Yeah, very quiet kid. One thing I thought was interesting is I asked him after the game, like, why are you here? Like, why, Michigan State knocked on your door, Temple. Why did you choose Rutgers? And he said Jerry Kill. Wow. So, mm-hmm. to me, uh, obviously Drew Maringer before he left, built most of this class, Jonathan Lewis, Bo Milton. But Raheem Blackshear didn't sound – to me, he didn't say this, but reading between the lines, probably wouldn't be here if Jerry Kill wasn't the offensive coordinator. So right, I thought right. that was interesting. And here's Kill, and here's Kill again, knowing a guy who can adjust to his personnel, knowing he does not have Leonti Carew. Yeah. And now, now finding new ways to get Blackshear the ball, which I think is important. Yeah. Uh, all right, first segment. I'm calling it Westworld, which is a show that my wife forced me to watch on HBO. I didn't understand what was going on. Uh, that's sort of related. I don't understand what's going on with the divisions here in the Big Ten. The Big Ten West Division. So Rutgers goes out and wins two uh, against them. Clearly, if you look at it from top to bottom, and we've talked about this a lot, just how much be- the four best teams in the Big Ten, to me, are in the East Division. Uh, well, four of the five. Wisconsin. Four of the five. But you could make a case the four, but certainly four of the five. Uh, and Ryan, you know, you, you brought this up and make a great point that this is not good for the Big Ten to have it this way. Uh, and and you wonder if if they if they would rethink what they're doing here and come up with a different way and not just so it's not just fair unfair to Rutgers but it's unfair uh, to unfair. Wisconsin. Yeah, I think it's unfair to everybody. Is it good? I mean, 
Penn State played Michigan yesterday, plays uh, uh, Penn, Ohio State this week. You can make a case that's the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. It mm-hmm. certainly felt that way last year when Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all split their matchups, and then Penn State goes out and beats Wisconsin. Right. It certainly feels like the winner of the East Division is the winner of the conference. And that's – I mean, listen, maybe Wisconsin's going to surprise everybody, but you're right. It's not fair to Wisconsin. They sleepwalk through their whole yep. schedule. Um, let me read you something USA Today wrote that I thought was really good. Uh, the Divi- the Big Ten West division has Wisconsin on top, and the Badgers are a playoff threat, followed by six average to worst teams. All you need to know about the West is Nebraska is currently in second place, <laughs> and the Cornhuskers aren't good. This is the worst division in the Power Five conferences. Wow, that is a, that is a pretty big the, statement. The West makes the SEC East division look like a murderer's row of national title contenders. <laughs> I mean, that is it. I mean, and that's so it's not just us who yeah, have realized yeah. this. It's bad for Rutgers, bad for everybody. Here's my solution. This is. Everybody laughed. I remember laughing when Rutgers was in the Big East that the Big Ten's names were the legends and the leaders divisions. It was like, ha, ha, ha. Um, But I don't care if you call them legends and leaders. I don't care if you call them X and Y. Just don't do East and West because it's not working. So the legends used to be Nebraska, Michigan, Northwestern, Michigan State, Iowa, Minnesota. So you got Michigan, Michigan State at the top of that. The leaders division used to be Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, three really good teams. Purdue, Indiana, Illinois, three not-so-good teams. Why? Tell me why. Rutgers couldn't have gone in one of those. Maryland couldn't have gone in the other. Keep it competitively balanced. And then you have your crossover. You know, Michigan gets a protected rivalry against Ohio State every year. Rutgers and Maryland could have a protected rivalry. Michigan State and uh, Wisconsin could have a – it just makes sense. If there's games you want to protect, protect it. Can you, either of you, name the only protected cross-division rivalry in the Big Ten right now? East-West has to happen every year. Michigan-Minnesota. Nope. What is it? Purdue, Indiana. Wow. How about Why? that? Huh? Why? Why? Okay. I guess they're both in they're Indiana. Both in the yeah, who cares? Is that what it is? I mean, who cares? Right. So it just it doesn't make any sense. The West, the East, West right. doesn't work. Doesn't make any sense. Right. They have to revisit realignment. You can bet I'll be pushing for it at next Big Ten Media Day. Yeah. But the problem is the schedule's already made till twenty. Well, that's it. Yeah, when can it happen? And I, 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 my, my theory in this is why have divisions anyway? And I've seen this in a bunch of places where you put pull fourteen teams and then you have three, you have three protected rivalries within that. So every year, Rutgers conceivably could play Maryland, Indiana, and Penn State, making the, make those three mm-hmm. the teams they play, and then you can just build the schedule based on that. I don't know. The divisions to me seem like you know such an old idea to begin with. Why not just have the best two teams play in the championship game? Sarge, your thoughts? I think part of it, and as it always does, you guys are going to laugh when I say this, but it boils down to finances, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so top five Big Ten schools in terms of spending. Ready? Ohio State, $167 million. Michigan, $158 million. Uh, followed by Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan State. So four of the top five in the Big Ten. Which are the same four of the yeah, top the five. That are the of course. Top, of best course. Yes, and five, all five are in, in the top, you know, <laughs> you know Michigan uh, just got out of the top 25. We'll talk about that later. But what, what does that tell you? 
the teams that are spending a lot of money are, are, are the top teams. So they shouldn't all be in the same. They shouldn't all be in the same. Like That's again, Wisconsin's the top yeah. top ten team right now. They're top, perennial top t- ten team, and, and Dun- Dun- they spend 130 million. Dun- Dunleavy's only tweeted this 37 times, but Rutgers would be if they well, they'd be a borderline bowl team had they beaten Eastern, Mich- Eastern Michigan. Yeah. But they would be a borderline bowl team if they were in the West Division of the Big Ten right now. And that's every. Yeah. I mean, I think that's every year. I really. Yeah. Do. I mean, look at last year when Rutgers was a two-win team. Yeah. They lost to Minnesota on the last second field goal. They lost to Iowa by seven points. I mean, and there was another. And they could. They lost Illinois by a score that was obviously worse than it really was. Right. On it. Right. Uh, and they were I competitive mean, against Nebraska this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's just it's not rocket science. The real reason I think Sarge hit on the head with finances. I think the real reason is Michigan, Ohio State want to be want to play on the East Coast every year for recruiting reasons. I think that I you have it. to you have to put that into the mix. Re- Michigan going out to Minnesota and uh, Iowa doesn't help them re- for recruiting. Having a yearly presence <clears throat> right. out here does. Well, you know what? Tough. Yeah. You're going to recruit either way. Tough. All right. True, false. Let's get right to it. The lightning round. Number one, Rutgers went into a shell in the fourth quarter. True or false? True. True. Okay. Number two, we've seen the last meaningful snaps from Jonathan Lewis this season. False. False. Number three, the 23-point spread versus Michigan is too high. True or false? I said true. Too, too high. Too high. Too high. Like it's oh. sh- like it's like it like it should be last. It should be in the teens or something. Yeah, yeah. Sarge? <laughs> Stick it with their Yeah, I'd say false. False. It's false. Yeah. I, uh, I'll say true. Right. They did win. True, really. They did I'll win seventy. True. Okay. I'll say true. Yeah. This team can win another game without throwing for more than a hundred yards. True or false? False. True. Wow, okay. Uh, the crowd will come back. Based on this team's improved play, true or false? False. <laughs> false. Uh, it was a bad idea for Janarian Grant not to enter the NFL draft. True or false? False. True. Punter Ryan Anderson is this team's MVP. True or false? <sighs> Certainly in contention. Um, trying to run through it in the top of my head. I'll say true. Wow. Okay. True. That's two votes for the punter. I love it. I, I Rutgers is going to, true, true or false. Rutgers is going to win more game games than the New York Giants this year. True or false? That is a great question. True. <laughs> wow. Okay. True. true. That's mostly. They're at three right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. True. Can we go even? <laughs> to push. <laughs> I'll say false. The 2006 team would go nine and three against this schedule. This is a topic from. Fan of the pod, Justin Rabinowitz. True or false? We'd go nine and three. Maybe higher. True. You'd go n- higher than nine and three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you think they'd go ten and two against this schedule? Wow. But they could. Ooh. I'd, I'll go. Oh, that's a great question. I mean, nine and three. It's, I thought nine and three. I'd they, go they, nine and three. True, but not higher. Than yeah. Three. Nine and three on the highs. Uh, nine and three is the highest. Eight and four or nine and three would be my answer. Okay. Take my chances with Ray Rice and Brian right. Leonard against Good. Michigan. Uh, the final item, Dunleavy will have a great seat for the Michigan-Rutgers game, but it'll actually be in East Lansing. True or false? <laughs> true. Definitely. You might true. not even be allowed in a state. True. East Lansing's in. in Michigan. I don't know. Once yeah, you get across true, the border. You, you got to watch it someplace in Indiana. <laughs> All right. Well, that, yeah, interesting you said this because um, the uh, uh, the point about Rutgers going into the shell in the fourth quarter is a big thing with a lot of fans. 
I, I made the point, and I wasn't there. I watched this on TV. We can talk about that, which is also hilarious, trying to watch Matt Millen on the Big Ten Network. Uh, but <laughs> the, uh, the Into the Shuffle, I thought, realistically, that this team on offense, how poor it was, could only hurt them at that point with a pick six or some massive play that would change the game. So you think that they should have done more offensively? Uh, no, I, oh, sorry. Maybe I misunderstood. No, I don't think they should have done. I don't yeah, think, I don't think it was, I was a criticism. Go, I think they did the right thing. You did, you see, they did the right thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I it was mean, a criticism they went into a, I mean, they clearly, I mean, it was almost, if they could have punted, if they could have just said, we'll take a, how about, <laughs> we'll trade you. Two minutes comes off the clock and you get the ball. Like, I think they would have done that. They wanted no part of playing offense. Um, but so yes, I think they went into a shell, weren't even trying to get first downs, but I think it was the right thing to do for the exact reason you said a pick six. It just felt like I wrote this after the game. How many times have we seen Rutgers lose that exact oh, game? Because they made yeah. basically Easter mission. Kyle Bowen throws the interception. There you go. Get sacked. Something happens. That's just, you know, completely turns the game around. Um, and you think they can win a game without without throwing? I didn't think, and I uh, we stand corrected. I didn't think they could when we talked about this last week. I thought right. that was a special circumstances. You don't win many college, unless you're Army. You don't win many college football games throwing less than 100 yards. They they threw me won two in a row. They won two in a row doing it. I mean, I don't think that's Maryland maybe. But Sarge had some good research today. He had, yeah. came up with some other games they've won in the past, throwing for less than 100 Eastern yards. Michigan, 2013. Maryland. And then Maryland, obviously, the, the more, the one of the range. more famous games where, where Dom Natale replaced Tom Savage in, in 2009. He threw for 42 yards. Really? Yeah. But they had five turnovers in that game. Right. And they had, uh, you know, Devin McCourty played out of, his, you know, out of his mind. And you mentioned them, that was against Maryland, and that's the game I think they can win throwing for less than 100. I think if they can run the ball down Maryland's throat, if they can um, play a similar get two turnovers, yeah, yeah. Maryland stinks. I mean, Maryland beat <coughs> Texas this year. And the, it's amazing. The start, yeah, that feels like two years ago. Yeah. I mean, uh, Maryland is not good. So, And now the game's here. I just – I think Rutgers could win that game thrown for less than 100 yards. I don't think they could beat Indiana thrown for less than 100 yards. Let's talk about that passing game. And I we, we asked Jerry Kill a, a lot of specific questions today just about, you know, there were so many high hopes about these young receivers. You know, I asked, well, are, did they not take the step that they were supposed to? And his answer was, as you expect, they're freshmen. And that seems to be the theme here. I mean, is there is in your mind, is there nothing that they could do to – generate some more passing what is you know it just seems like you know is there nothing <laughs> they I, could find to make I it think work? it's a bad I think it's a bad look for recruiting if those guys don't contribute I mean you if you don't think the kids who are seniors now are looking at what the freshmen what Bo Melton is doing they grew up a year behind Bo Melton Wormley they're looking um so I think that's bad. I think it's bad for those kids confidence to go into next year having just one two three catches um I said I, in my question, I'm, it was a very loaded question maybe, I made it very clear what I thought they should do, which is clearly they've developed a Raheem Blackshear package of eight, ten plays, whatever it is that Raheem Blackshear can do. Why isn't there a Bo Melton package with a with a bubble screen, with a five-yard in? Why isn't there certain right. plays? It, it can't. It's not any more obvious to the opponent when uh, – Black, when a receiver comes on the field that it's going to him than it is when a running back comes on the field. So I, I don't understand why there isn't a certain package. Scale it back. Give them plays. They There was a pass thrown in Wormley's direction. It was off target this game, but mm-hmm. it's got to be more than one, uh, especially after we heard such great things about Wormley during the preseason. So, yeah, I think I just think they need to. I find They need to find a way to get these kids the ball, even if it's, like you said, even if it's screen pa- bubble passes, screen passes, get the ball in their hands. Just get – 
Nobody wants to make a big deal about stats, but there's a reason we keep them. Yeah. Uh, sure. People want to see these kids make a make an uh, impact. Yeah. And, J- and Jerry Kill gave us almost like a lecture on, on stats, and, and so did Chris Ash after, after the game about the only stat that matters is win. Well, not necessarily. I mean, they do rank 123rd nationally in passing and 120th in total offense, and that's with a rushing attack that's like you know in the middle of the pack nationally. So that is hard to do. Right. To, to be that bad, you know, two years in a row, to be down there again, I keep on saying it, down there with the option running yeah. teams, the teams that run, that pass the ball eight times a game, yeah. you know, it, it is, that is hard to do. And the one thing that I think Terry Kill did say today that I thought, you know, he probably was right about was, you know, Gio, even though he started some games last year, still only his second game with Jerry Kill. Yeah. So, you know. He, and he wasn't healthy. To Jerry Kill's credit, Chris Ash pretends he's not. Geo wasn't healthy. Geo comes in and says, Jerry Kill comes in and says, Geo didn't run the ball the same as he did the first game because he clearly wasn't healthy. Thank you for admitting the obvious, <laughs> yeah. Jerry. We right. all knew that, but at least now I don't feel crazy. Geo couldn't run quite the same. And we've written a million times, Geo's not as good. Absolutely. When he's yeah. not when he's not healthy. And the other thing I is, thought is he healthy this week? I got to see practice. Yeah. The other thing I thought was interesting was. Uh, Kill cut me off because I my next question was going to be how come Raheem Blackshear can do it, um, and he just basically again said Raheem Blackshear's you get one of those players every year he's just on another level. Um, that's one of those three star recruiting finds I guess for them because mm-hmm. he's just said he I believe the quote was he's a special freshman. So, all right, the next segment I I'm, I'm calling it Martin Truex Jr. Can either one of you figure out why I'm calling it that? Because you lo- cause you're a closet race car fan. Well, no. That's why that's true. But he's a Jersey the guy. That's also not the reason. It has something to do with his number. He's number 78. Oh. 78 to nothing. We're back. You see where I'm going with this? <laughs> right, yeah, I got I, it. You, you're still looking at me like Well, a, 78 was, I thought 78. that was the year that they went to the bowl game to, to the Garden State Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Uh, all right. That wasn't the greatest was name for, okay I'm trying. Was Bob the AD then? <laughs> Boy, is he listening to this, he Bob? Probably. No, I don't doubt it. Uh, 78, and when I asked, this is a number that they do not want to talk about either. The 78 nothing thing. We're back here. We're playing Michigan. Look, I mean, we've said it already. I don't think there was anything more damaging to the rebuilding process last year than 78 nothing because of just it just stuck. It just came across the bottom of the screen. The house full of recruits that night. Um, you know that, and I and they to a man said, "Look, we're not talking about last year. Different teams. I get it. Different team for them. I get it." But still, if you're looking at this game now for a program standpoint, you know, no one thinks Rutgers is going to go in there and beat Michigan, especially after the way they lost last week. You think Michigan will bounce back. Um, that said, this is important to get to get to, to show that you've made progress here. You can't you can't go there and get your doors blown off by that level again. Yeah, and Michigan, to be totally clear, they're not the same team. They don't have a Jabril Peppers type guy who just like blows blows you away. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty at quarterback. Um, no, no one really knows who's go- going to play. John O'Corn, you know, who who you know Ryan talked about in the preseason because he remembers the, the 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 one game that John O'Corn was just lights out. You know. Like 12 years ago, game. 12 years <laughs> right. ago when he played against Rutgers, uh, he hasn't been anything. Uh, he hasn't been very good. And now they have a freshman who, who might play. So a lot of uncertainty at quarterback still. Their defense is really good. And I know people are going to say, well, they gave up 42 points against Penn State. Penn State was on fire. And Penn State, you know, you got to remember, they're the number two team in the country for a reason. They have the best quarterback in the Big Ten, the best running back in the country, uh, maybe the best, best tight end. The that, that's why, Yeah, best quarterback in the Big okay. Ten. Um, yeah, I agree with that. You disagree with that? Better, better, than, 
No, he's better than Barry. Well, he was the first-team All-Big Ten quarterback last year. Um, Best tight end. Um, a really good receiving core. On and on and on. Penn State's very, very good I think offensively. I just more friends than State College. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm looking to do. At least I'll be in the press box. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think Michigan's defense is still really good. Um, so I don't think they're going to score 78 points by any means. I don't think their offense is capable of it. But I'm, I'm, I don't know if Rutgers is going to be able to score a whole lot of points against them. Here's one thing I want to add to this because I didn't know this. So I don't know how many fans know this. Um, and maybe I should have known this. I don't know. I just learned this recently. Rutgers doesn't necessarily invite recruits to games because I was I was thinking I remember thinking last year why would you have these recruits <laughs> at a game you I didn't know it was going to be seventy eight nothing but we all knew they were going to get pasted by yeah. Michigan last year. Why would you have so many recruits come to this game? Well, recruits really ask to come to games, and that one you know most you know they have their own games so. Sometimes on Friday, but sometimes teams play Saturday afternoon. So Saturday at 8 p.m. really worked out for a lot of recruits who wanted to come to that game. You know, national primetime, Michigan's in town, et cetera, et cetera. Because I remember thinking, like, what is Rutgers silly? Why would you invite them to the Purdue game, right? right? So, uh, and then we've heard stories behind the scenes that we have not written about how how the Rutgers recruits who were here in the recruiting lounge weren't even paying attention to the game. I mean, you mentioned how it hurt the recruiting. Rutgers somehow kept a good class. I mean, that might be the most uh, mm-hmm. that might be the biggest thing that I, we, Chris Ash's biggest accomplishment was that he somehow lost all those huge game blowouts last year and kept a good recruiting class when he had recruits in the recruiting rounds, not even paying attention to the second half of Rutgers, Michigan. But some people ha- have pointed to that. The reason why they have, have didn't at least get off to a fast start in this 2018 recruiting class, especially in New Jersey, and it really hasn't been good, is because of that. That a lot of those recruits, those same uh, rec- were recruits, here were here that night. And it does leave a lasting impression. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's and I come back to it, there's so many – Look, and, and Ohio State's been putting up numbers against a lot of people, but that, that, 70, that 78 is something you just don't see very often. Correct. It just jumps off the page. I mean, I love – and stuff like Irvington beat Belleville in a high school game, 84 to nothing. And you see that score, and you're like, oh, my God, what? You know, it's just – again, it's something that just, just grabs your attention. Do you think – what do you, you think? You see 50s all the time. You see 50s exactly all the time, and that was, that was such a – and I think, I really – if this defense plays like it did uh, this week – I mean, looking at the problems that Michigan's had, you could keep this game into the 30s, can't you? Thoughts? I think might be low. 40s, yeah. 40s. 40s. And I think we might be here this time next week talking about how, like, was Rutgers playing to, to keep the game close? Because a lot of, of the same ways as in Nebraska and Washington, I think that Rutgers is going to have a very, very conservative game plan. You know, while some fans might say, oh, well, you know, play with nothing to lose and and I think it's going to be the opposite. I think they'll have to be very conservative and try to, you know, again dictate the, you know, pl- yes. uh, rely heavily on the running game and and not make any turnovers and try to win the game in the fourth quarter. Is mm-hmm. Michigan comparable to Washington? Sure. Uh, better yeah. better than Washington, right? Same level? Yeah, I would think they Well, they're not in the top 25 now, but, but I mean, that's yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. They lost to yeah. two really good teams. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I think Maybe they're Florida. on the same le- I mean, they're not Ohio State. They're not as good as Ohio nope, State. Nope. Um, so I they're think they're probably State. about Washington. So that game was 30 to 14. We saw that game plan was super conservative. I mean, I why can't, you know, 40 to 14 something like that? I mean, that seems reasonable to to ask. Seems reasonable. <laughs> You're going to ask whether or not it's reasonable or not. 
Uh, all right, let's move on. We're calling this homecoming part two. Maryland game been moved back to Piscataway, uh, Yankee Stadium, and, I, and I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on here just for a minute because I just don't I don't understand. They the Yankees would want this to happen and announce it on Friday before playing game six of the ALCS when it was entirely possible, and it, it did, that they would lose those two games and now have two weeks to get ready. I mean, what uh, what happened? Well, a couple things. Uh, one, um, I'll give the inside baseball on it first. It was the Yankees who came to Rutgers on Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, late Thursday afternoon. Inside to, baseball, get it? I see what yeah. you did there. Yeah, there you go. I'm done with baseball. Can we have inside football instead? <laughs> <laughs> so it was the Yankees who came to Rutgers uh, on Thursday afternoon to – to essentially give uh, Rutgers uh, the golden ticket, you know, I mean, it was essentially what, what Rutgers officials, you know, because let's be honest, Pat Hobbs was kind of inherited this deal. This was not his deal. He, he tried to make the most of it. He tried, he tried to make the most of it <laughs> by by turning into a double header. Header that the fan base has really not gone behind. I mean, we, we've we've talked about this over and over again, but um, the fan base has not been 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 you know, overwhelmingly, you know, in favor of, of going up to Yankee Stadium. They liked their tailgates on Saturday. Uh, so when Yan- the Yankees went to Rutgers, Rutgers was like, okay. Um, so basically, and a couple a couple fans have asked me, well, wh- wh- why, you know, how long does it take? Apparently it takes about a week to, at least to get Yankee Stadium ready. We've seen the sod issues, and you know, in the past, it's oh, never it's been a great playing yeah. surface. Yeah. You need to put sod on the infield. You need to level the uh, pitcher's mound. Um, it takes at least a week this time of year. It might, might even be a little bit longer because depending on the weather, um, they put football locker uh, lockers in, in in the locker room. So there's a lot of things to do, and they were also worried, you know, probably prematurely that if the Yankees did go to the World Series, if they went deep into the World Series, that the Yankee staff was not going to be able to to be able to, to help Rutgers. So all that played a factor. Again, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Ryan could probably speak to this, but, you know, Rutgers might have actually jinxed the Yankees because I think the Yankees would be in the World Series if not for Rutgers. So, yeah, two things. One, <laughs> one thing I want to say is the important thing to me, the number one question I had when I saw that announcement was, okay, so what game are they moving there in the yep, future? Yep. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, they do not have to move. They do not. There. I was ready for Rutgers-Maryland 2020 or whatever to have to go there or some game next year. They do not have to move a game back to a Maryland. Now, the key, thing, point, but but ahead, but the key thing to that is, uh, and I, every Rutgers official I've talked to, they have said no. They, there's no obligation to do it, but they do want to have a good relationship with the Yankees because you have to keep in mind Don't rule it out. that w- if and when the Rutgers, you know, ever w- when they get to uh, uh, the ability to go to a bowl game, they want to go to the Pinstripe Bowl. Yeah. They don't want to go to Dallas. The Pinstripe yeah. Bowl gives them an opportunity to play on a prime time TV, close recruits like it. Yeah. It's a good matchup against an ACC opponent. You know, they want to have that option. Yeah. And conversely, I think the Yankees want to, you know, at least have Rutgers available because they know, you know the, the bottom line is Rutgers is going to be able to sell some tickets for a bowl game. Yes, you can't move. You can't move another game, though. I mean, I, yeah. I understand. No, and there's no agreement. Yeah. There's no, right. but there's there's no agreement. But I would not be stunned if Pat Hobbs at some point. I know he's tight with some of the Yankee yeah. officials. I would not be stunned if he revisits it. Maybe not a conference game. Maybe you know, maybe a game against Army or yeah. something like that. I would not be stunned. Yeah, Where would this rank on the the list of things that the previous athletic director left behind? In your opinion? Oh God, that probably not even the same. Yeah, no. so, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was a stink bomb, but I mean, there's there's a few others. And then getting back to Sarge's point, um, if you need a sign that the gods have started to change their way, their their uh, 
stopped pissing on Rutgers and started to look more favorably. I mean, is there any doubt that like two or three years ago, someone on the Astros would have seen this story and hung it up in like the Astros clubhouse <laughs> and there would have been a headline on NJ.com like, did Rutgers motivate Astros to eliminate Yankees from World Series? I mean, I was, I got to tell you, I'm stunned it didn't happen. I Jose Altuve with yeah. the honest bat on the knob of his bat. <laughs> Why do you think Verlander pitched as well as he did in game six? I, but that's exactly it. I'm honestly, I'm stunned that didn't happen. We're mocking it. I am, I literally, Really expected. <laughs> I, I just expected someone on the, in this world of the internet and all. Kate Upton woke up and dragged his phone and said, Justin, have you seen this? Yeah, the Yankees, the Yankees are, are, are so, so confident str- that they're going to have a parade. They're gonna, they told Rutgers <laughs> to, to take the Maryland game and put it back to your campus. Uh, Justin, have you seen this? You're mocking it, but you couldn't. <laughs> in two, if, I, if this was 2014, you don't think that would have happened? I think I, that would have happened. I, I, I really I, don't. I guess, I guess, I guess so. I, I, they might have had more motivating factors. But you make, hey, you make, you make a great point. All right. We're going to move on. I mean, what else we got here, guys? We're going to do some predictions. You want to do – we have any mean tweets? We got anything? I, I, I don't have a mean off? tweet. I, I'm sure Ryan might have a couple. I'm just going to play the uh, Purdue but, fight song here because we haven't uh, had a fight song. I think – and I think we, I think Rutgers did piss Purdue off. That's going to be a little fun rivalry that adds to it, right? I mean, yeah, they, they play I mean, every they year. Play no, they don't play No, they don't play. They play, uh, they play again in 19 hours in West Lafayette, yep. I think. So. Yeah. It's not – again – I got nothing for me. I'm down. I'm down on the Big Ten West in many ways. Fight songs included. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I'd be remiss. It's not a mean tweet, but uh, we did get a question specific Ooh, okay. for, uh, on Twitter from are you guy at are you underscore twenty twenty one. He likes me. That guy. He's, he's he talks to me quite a bit. He, he he's the one. He's, he's a the big one fan. He's a fan of the pod. Uh, so podcast question: What's the e- easiest tweak to get more production from the offense? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Ryan. I don't know if I – I mean, I think Probably. it's what I said before. I think it's to get – I think it's to use certain receivers in certain packages, I think is probably – because, listen, you're getting production out of the running game. You're getting production out of the tight end. I would say – I mean, you could get Jerome Washington more involved. But, really, the area where this offense is failing is the wide receivers. Yeah. And I think it's probably to give eight, eight, eight plays to Melton, eight plays to Grant, eight plays to Mitchell, and say, these are your eight plays. We're going to rotate in and out. They're not, there's no drop-off based on personnel anymore. Yeah. So just rotate them in based on what plays they know. Uh, that would probably be my tweak. And I, the only thing I will add to that is you know, probably more Blackshear. And it will happen. I mean, you know, as, as the season goes along, he's getting more comfortable, and they're obviously getting more comfortable in him. I would say, you know, just more and more, you know, Blackshear. I, I got a good a, 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 a parallel question from from reader Tom uh, Domenico. Uh, he, he asked the question, if the receivers are speedy enough to be used on special teams, well, how in the world, how in the world are they not fast enough to get up on all offense? Oh, yeah. Chemistry with the wide receiver. Ah, that's a great that's a Chemistry great question. with the wide receiver could be part of it. With uh, the quarterback. Route, yeah, yeah. With, with, with chemistry with the quarterback. Yeah. And then route running. Yeah. And, I mean, listen, the answer is where is Janarian Grant? I mean, we touched on this in yeah. true false, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, like – where I mean, he was injured again this game. I don't know if he's playing at less than full strength and he shouldn't be playing, or I don't know if he's a little – what's the right way to say this? He's a little cautious about mm-hmm. his NFL future and maybe protecting himself. Um, I don't know what it is, but he is – I mean, the Janarian Grant from the beginning of last year, even the Janarian Grant from before this – from like late Kyle Flood tenure is nowhere to be found. Yeah. I mean – 
bubble screens, whatever. And I bring this up every week. It's like I've, I sometimes I forget Damon Mitchell's on the team, and he's a redshirt senior. I thought he had nine catches in the first two games. Yeah. Him not producing is a huge. Was part he even missing. on the field this week? Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. notice him. He's at all. a huge I, part missing from this yeah. offense. Is he had nine catches in the first two games? I thought he was going to be their team's leading receiver. Right. He's gone MIA. Um, DeCoven Bailey had, had looked good. Special he was the special player of the teams year. player of the week. Player he wasn't week. even on the field at receiver. Yep, they started yep. Muhammad Jabby, which who wasn't even, let's be honest. I mean, good for Muhammad Jabby yeah. that he got his first career start. Muhammad Sanu's nephew. He wasn't even in the plans uh, when the season started. Mm. He was nowhere in the plans. He is an example of a kid who works hard in practice, is a good run blocker. They know they're going to run on the ball all the time, so they put him on the field. So, I mean, the fact that he was able to do that, testament to his hard work and also an indictment on everybody else. Absolutely. All right. Do you want to pick scores here for this week or no? Sure. All right. Then you go first if you're enthusiastic about it. What's going to happen? Is Jim Harbaugh going to try? But this oh. Is Jim I mean, Harbaugh going to try to do Jim Harbaugh things? You know how coaches things? hold those cards up, right? They have those big cards up, and you can never really see what they say. This one might say, screw you, Ryan Dunleavy, on it. Like, this <laughs> Your might, picture. This might – here's my roster, jerk. Like, <laughs> like the, um, I'm a little – I will admit, in a you know, private moment here in front of all our audiences, I'm a little nervous that if they just annihilate them – it's all going to come back on me from it's the all fan your fault. base Absolutely. from the roster game. I mean, that's what I'm going to write in my column. <laughs> I don't know about you, Sarge. I think that that's clearly – I'm just hoping that we show up to the uh, Michigan press box and everyone has, you know, in the game book, the game, uh, the, the game notes and everything, everyone has like a roster except for Ryan Dunleavy. <laughs> so that great. would be great. I've got a roster right here. Can I see it? No, <laughs> you can't see it. Um, I'll take – 49-10. 49-10. Yeah, that seems about right. You, Sarge, what do you think? Closer I'll go 42-7 Michigan. All right. right. Yeah. You think they're going to score t- seven? All right. I'm going to go 35 nothing. I'll give, give you the low side on points against. I don't think they're going to score. Our defense is really good. I don't know how. I mean, yeah. I, do, I do know how. Saquon Barkley. I do know how it happened there, but yeah. still. Yeah. I mean, they, they, are, they are pretty good. I, you know, just this, a side note, this is how big Michigan is. I'm doing two Michigan podcasts this week. Right. Yeah, I'm doing one. The, you're doing one too? Yeah. How many Michigan podcasts are? Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I wonder why. Yeah. I'm doing none. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what that is. <laughs> you know what? We're lucky we're letting you do this podcast. All right. On that note, signing off here from High Point Solutions Stadium. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about it. Bye-bye.